Unfortunately, the state party now for the past two years and, and of course, with the recent election uh, has, has not given Democrats the, uh, the, the sense that they can, they can make a difference no matter how hard they work. Alrighty, boys and girls. Oh, I'm sorry. Alrighty, kids. Yeah, that's said, all inclusive, right? Yeah, all, all, all inclusive. I, I told you I was gonna, I was gonna forget, and I, <laughs> I remembered as soon as I said, "Oh wait, you're not supposed to do that." All right, so how about politics this week? Josh Moon and David Person. How are you, David? Uh, man, I'm I'm doing as well as I can do. Uh, we we changed the uh, the recording time you know, to eight thirty <laughs> yeah. today, so. This is a little early for me to be up and talking, so my voice is probably a couple of octaves lower than normal. <laughs> yeah, you got so you you got that that old man early in the morning voice. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like how your dad used to talk to you. All right, boys, time to get up out of bed. Exactly. Let's go, come on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my dad yeah, was yeah, a tenor, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my fault. We are uh, we're, we're traveling uh, this week and uh, again, and uh, so we're. We're in uh, beautiful uh, Montgomery, uh, beautiful this time of year. Uh, we're going to hang around here for a few days, and then we're going to go uh, over to Auburn on Saturday and watch uh, uh, the uh, Hardashian farewell tour. Uh, is it in its final stages? And so, so what? Wait, what, what? Wait, what is this? The Kardashian farewell? Tour? No, I know. I said the Hardashian. <laughs> you know, so what? Oh, oh, so what oh people well, is talking about the coach. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. So people started calling Brian Harson, is that you know, because he's got this, this, the his wife and kids and things like this. Oh, uh, I see. They're, they're big, they're big Instagram uh, folks and all that, and uh, so they some of the Auburn people have taken to calling the Hardashians. Uh, oh, that's and I, funny. I, th- I think it actually started out as fairly like complimentary or, you know, just, you know, joking. And I, now I think it's taken on a negative connotation. Uh, a little so. derisive now. Huh? Mm-hmm. So anyways, we're uh, here, me, uh, me, wife, uh, little one, and um, having uh, having an enjoyable time. I'm going to go grab some dinner with, uh, with the Brits here in a little while. And uh, after we film the TV show and uh, so it's a, be the first time to do the studio in like two years. It's the first wow. time I've been down to do the studio in, in, in uh, the since show. March of 2020, I guess. Wow. So, yeah. 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 It's been a minute. That, that's yeah. wow. Yeah. So when you say the Brits, just to make sure people do understand you're talking about the APR no, Brits, not, yeah. the, not the U.S. Senatorial Brits. Eh, as far as anybody knows. <laughs> Should they keep calling and asking me, man? I keep telling look, Katie, no, not this week. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but listen, I, you know, I've, I've said, I've said many times I've, I've, I've met Katie Britt, uh, uh, a couple of times and, uh, I like her, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like her as a person. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we disagree politically, uh, on, on a number of things. Uh, I like her husband, Wesley, uh, a lot covered him in, uh, when I worked for the advertiser, uh, just a couple of years out of, uh, out of college and, uh, had to cover the Alabama football team for a season. And Wesley was one of the uh, players on that team. And, uh, he was always exceptionally nice to me and, and professional, uh, even though I clearly had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you know, that, but he was, he was great. He always was great. And, uh, we ran back into him a couple, 
I guess about a year, a little more than a year ago, uh, at, at some at a, a event down here, and uh, and he was uh, again very very nice, and when we talked for a little while, and uh, it was fun to catch up. So they certainly uh, they certainly look like. Uh, I mean, everything I've seen of them makes me think they seem to be nice people yeah. outside of politics. Just yeah. you know, very nice people. Politically yeah, speaking, are. I'm not a big fan of uh, so much of what she has said. And positions she's taken, but uh, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, in terms of just basic fundamental character, and mm-hmm. that's not unlike her, her, uh, you know, her former boss Richard Shelby. I was yeah. at the uh, at his speech here that he gave in Huntsville um, uh, earlier this week. He uh, the uh, the chamber has this thing. The chamber of Commerce has this thing they call Washington Update, and you've got. Yeah. You know, a few thousand people that'll show up for for this event. Uh, uh, they have it in the uh, the Davidson Center at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center for anybody who knows what that is, and and so it's kind of cool because you got the big rocket mm-hmm. hanging up above you, and and then you're in this you know big huge cavernous building, you know, mm-hmm. because it it contains the rocket, and um, it's a neat place. You know, Shelby's up there speaking in. And, uh, you know, he was so he was so Shelby, you know, he yeah. was um, he was informative, uh, you know, casually informative. Um, he was mildly partisan and uh, but not offensively. So, yeah, you know, for somebody like me uh, and some other people that I was sitting with. Uh, who who also who don't share his politics, but you know, sure. but we respect his tenure, and you got to respect his what he's done for the city and the state, and it's just you know, it was a really mm-hmm. uh, interesting thing. But I, I I I suspect that, I mean, I would assume, except for her dalliances with Trump, which I really do not like, mm-hmm. I think she's more or less the same kind of person. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I would. Uh, I would put her firmly. Yeah, matter, matter of fact, I'd probably put her a little left of of Shelby. Uh, really. In, in just social policy. Yeah. I think that. Uh, you know. I, I, you know. Like I said, I, I've known. I've, I've known a lot of people that know her. Um, and you know, I've actually worked with somebody who is a neighbor of hers, and uh, so it's. Um, you know, they're just. You know, they're 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 not. You know, they're not really extraordinary people. You know what I'm saying? I, they're, they're not oddballs. They're not. Uh, there's not. They're, they're not weird. They're just kind of regular folk. And um, and, but, and but let me ask you a question though. Would you yeah. disagree with me when I say you're saying that you think, in terms of the policies that she embraces, she's to the left of Shelby? But would you mm-hmm. disagree with me in saying that during this campaign season, uh, you know, especially during the primary? Her rhetoric has been to the right of Shelby. Oh, absolutely has. Yeah, it's a, okay. Yeah, and, right. and I think that no, I think you're 100 percent right. And I think, and, and I was going to say, uh, you know, it kind of gets us into into what we were going to talk about. Uh, you know, I wrote a, a column about the team politics uh, that we have now. Uh, yeah, great column in, too, in, particularly yeah. in this state. And uh, and I think that uh, such ridiculous. Voter tendencies, and that's what we have here. Is we, it's a voter problem that we have. It's not a it's not a politician problem. It's a voter problem. Now, politicians has, uh, have politicians has politicians have helped to shape this, 
uh, into what we have today. There's, there's no doubt about that. But uh, our, our voting base have willingly gone along with this uh, real, just honestly, uh, stupidity. Uh, this, this idea that you're, you're just simply out here voting for a party, and if your party wins, then somehow you win. And that, that's, that's not true in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, certainly there are things that, that occur, um, you know, that, that matter in terms of, of party, whether, you know, Democrats control Congress or Democrats, uh, Democrats can control this house or that house or whatever. And, um, and, and that, that matters, uh, to an extent, but we also saw, um, where with Democrats, where the, we, you know, we don't all toe the line. Uh, and there are uh, a lot of different levels of being Democrats. Uh, you know, there's the Joe Manchin level, uh, right near the bottom of, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, which is essentially Republican light. Uh, you know, it's, uh, basically Richard Shelby, uh, is what it is, uh, except he's, he's wearing the Democratic name tag. And, uh, and, and then, you know, you, you move on up, but, uh, it, it and so you, you have to craft legislation to do that. And, and honestly, you know, as much as I just murdered Joe Manchin for, and it wasn't really because of his beliefs, because he's been pretty steadfast in his beliefs and have made them pretty clear for a long time, it, or his core beliefs. But there were times in here that, that during a lot of those uh, negotiations, I guess we could call them, where I felt like he was dishonest with what he was uh, he was putting forth. Uh, yeah, and he yeah. tricked his own party members mm-hmm. uh, at times into believing things that were never true. But that's my overall point is I, we we're, we've moved away from that. We don't have that here in this state. You know, we're, we're not we're not doing that. Uh, we, we've got we're, we're all towing the line. And, and if Republicans win, then you win. And, and it never works out that way. You know, it never it never goes that way. And so then it also forces during primaries people to be as absolutely ridiculously extreme right as they can possibly be and still stomach it. And I think that's what kind of happened with, with Katie Britt was during the, during this primary where she was running against Mo Brooks and, you know, the dude from Huntsville, uh, Durant, um, you know, they both just cozied up to Trump real fast and it kind of pushed her into that, uh, where she also had to say, well, you're like MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. Uh, and so, you know, I, and you can say, well, yeah, and this was always my argument. Um, it, it was what's worse. And, and I, I don't, is it worse to, to be dishonest and say, mm. oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Trump supporting uh, build that wall kind of person and really not believe that and present yourself as that? Or is it worse to say, I'm not that. I hate everything about him. I wish he would go away. Uh, you know, uh, this is, it's been an embarrassment to the country and mm. lose and out to somebody who is really that person and put that person in office representing our state. Right. So to me, it's the, it's the middle ground. I mean, I think, I think what, what I wish he had done, you know, uh, you know, assuming that you've got the right read on her and I don't have any reason to doubt you because you, you've been around her, you've interacted with her. I've never met her, but, or her husband, but, Mm -hmm. um, Assuming that you've got the right read on her, I, I she had 
just been very diplomatic about uh, Trump and, and, and related issues, you know, I don't think, I don't think she needed to come out and lambaste Trump. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, uh, I don't think that she needed to, to cozy up to him to the extent that she did because, and I think the proof really is in the fact that Mo Brooks got the spanking that he did. So all of his, all of his Trumpiness yeah. wasn't enough to overcome the deficits of being Mo Brooks. All of yeah. his Trumpiness wasn't enough to, to overcome what he tried to characterize as the, as the light weight or lack of Trumpiness of Katie Britt. It just yeah, but don't enough. you think? Don't you think a lot of the a lot of uh, Mo Brooks getting his uh, kind of his ass handed to him was uh, the fact that Trump came out against him? Uh, you know, uh, because we I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but what, one thing that that we, we've said uh, on on the TV show uh, a lot of times is that it, it doesn't matter as much that Trump endorses somebody in the in Alabama, but it does matter a lot if Trump comes out and attacks somebody in Alabama. He essentially ended Jeff Sessions' career uh, as well here. And so I think that that mattered a lot in this race. Well, no, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. And in fact, I've repeated that in other settings. And I think Mm -hmm. it's more important who Trump, uh, who he attacks than who he supports. But But I still would argue that, you know, Trump did not come out and support Katie Britt. No, he just he didn't attack her either. Well, at first well he, he, he supported her right at the very end. Remember, he came out, and he endorsed her, so he could say he, he oh, look, I endorsed another winner. You know, right when it looked no, like she was going to win I, by twenty points or whatever it was. Okay, so I, I guess I missed that part. I, I oh, like, no, he, you didn't really miss it. It was well, there was easy to miss because it was like two weeks left in the race or whatever it was. Yeah, it was like two okay. weeks before the election. So I just yeah, and at that point, I think everybody had already. The die had already been cast in her favor, but yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is I think um, even even with Trump's attacking of Mo Brooks, his Trumpiness wasn't enough to um, uh, because Trump has attacked other people that have done pretty well, like Brian Kemp, for example, in, in Georgia. Yeah, you know, so yeah. you know, Trump attacking people can be a factor without question, but it's not. I guarantee that you're going to be torpedoed because he's done it. So I figure, I figure that Katie Britt could have been on safe ground by just simply uh, being respectful of the former president uh, without, without cozying up to him. And it's disappointing to me that, uh, that she did, if she really, if that's not really how she feels. Yeah. I I, I don't disagree with that at all. I'm not, uh, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to make excuses for her. Um, she was. She was certainly cozying up to to uh, to Trump, and I. I didn't. I didn't care for for any of it. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty sickening. A lot of a lot of what was said, um, and I, I, I don't. I, I dislike it uh, a lot, and um, you know it was it was it was terrible. Which you know because it at a point now. We're looking like you're going to have been cozying up to a person that may be going to prison uh, pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, yesterday, uh, the, we record again on Thursdays, and so Wednesday is yesterday that, that we're referring to. And um, 
Trump is going to have some, some issues. Uh, the 11th Circuit ruled against him uh, and, uh, and, and ruled that the Department of Justice could continue, overrode the Trump-appointed federal judge uh, from Florida who, my God, uh, that ruling in that case should shame every person in, in America into paying way more attention to who the people are that we're putting on federal courts for lifetime appointments because that, that ruling was atrocious. And it is it, the, the 11th Circuit car, just carved it to pieces. And that Trump itself, uh, I mean, that, that court itself has two Trump appointees of the three judges uh, on there, including the former Solicitor General from Alabama, uh, Andrew Brasher, um, and who is a pretty – I've listened to this man argue for Alabama's abortion laws. Uh, so, uh, and also saw him literally bang his head on a lectern uh, in front of a judge in federal court. Anyway, so yeah, I've I've, I've seen him, uh, you know, literally bang his head on a uh, on a lectern uh, while while because a, a witness for the state would not say what he wanted them to say. Uh, but it this documents case, I, I just there's no way. That this doesn't end, and where we figure out eventually that Trump was doing something really, really bad. Okay, because there's no reason for any of this to be going on otherwise. Yep. All right, yep. there's no there's no reason for him to have these documents because they they you know, and if you followed it from any reasonable media outlet, all right, there they they have gone to Trump numerous, numerous times and said, hey, you've still got these documents. Please hand us these documents, okay? Uh, yeah, we, we got a bunch of boxes from you uh, last year, but we've gone through them and we're still missing a bunch of documents. So could you please give us these documents? Hey, just a reminder, still got those documents out there. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the person trying to get you to pay your bills. Uh, you know, yeah, hey, exactly. just a reminder, you exactly. still got this bill outstanding over here. Um, uh, and, and so they, they went to him over and over and over again in, in a manner that was very private. Nobody knew about this until recently and said, you still have these things. Give them to us if they are yours and you want them back. Do like Obama did and say, here are the things I would like returned to me. We will review these things and we will return everything that you have requested that we're allowed to return to you. Okay. Um, and this never happened. And they kept doing shady shit after shady shit with it. Okay. They continued to move the boxes around. They continued to try to hide them over here and push them over there uh, and to move things. And there is no way, no way that there was not something shady going on with this. Yeah, There's well, just like, not. Yeah. Well, I, I think we, we know, and, and I think to be real specific by shady, what you and I both mean is, this former president was either going to uh, outright, and this is a worst case scenario and really disturbing on, it should disturb everybody if it's true, that mm -hmm. he perhaps is going to sell information to mm -hmm. a foreign uh, nation or foreign power. Or what I think is the most likely scenario is that he was going to use classified information as leverage 
as he continued to try to do business. Uh, because this guy has, he has millions of dollars that he owes to other entities. Yes. Uh, outside, you know, outside of the United States as well as inside of the United States. Yeah. And, and I believe that he probably has material that would be sensitive enough that he could use it to, uh, to leverage his ability to continue doing business, even though he's got this huge, uh, this mm-hmm. huge debt load and, and yeah, maybe even yeah. some other obstacles, you know. Yeah, or 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 there would be some some form of a, of a combination of the two where it was, a, you know, we can we can set up some sort of a trade uh, here and in, in which, you know, I I trade I peddled you some information uh, that we have on, you know, what what the U.S. knows about your nuclear weapons mm-hmm. locations and you know, things mm-hmm. like that or um, and uh you know, I, 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 or to just help him with with business, you know, to help him with future business endeavors uh, of some sort. And, and it, the, the, but the point is, is there's no explanation. That there's no innocent explanation for this. Okay, he, he's not building a library. He didn't. He didn't read. He didn't even know how to. You know, listen to the people from Saturday Night Live that worked with him. He didn't even know how to read most of the time. You know, uh, they literally had to put his name into uh, into the reports that he got every. You know, uh, the security reports he received every day before it, to, to make to hold his interest for more than thirty seconds. And so, the, you know, this is we we've I, honest to God, I, this is the stupidest time in American history. It really is. This is this is so stupid that these people are continuing to support this absolute imbecile uh, who has sold us out over and over and over again. Uh, that has no interest in the country outside of how things benefit him, him, uh, and his businesses and how he can make money off of it. Uh, that, that's all he has ever cared about. And that's all he'll ever care about. And he exactly. is an absolute moron. And he will, he, he does, and here's the, the, people keep referring to him as Hitler. No, Hitler had actual beliefs and shit. Okay. Trump doesn't have any beliefs, whatever he's doing. And it's the reason why I, I believe it ultimately won't be successful. Uh, unless somebody with a lot of smarts uh, gets involved in this and co-ops it for their own purposes. But what he's doing, it, there's no belief system to it. There's no greater um, goal that he's trying to achieve here. He's not trying to uh, to impose an agenda of some sorts, uh, this ideology on people that, that people are going to get behind and rally behind and go forward with. Uh, he's not. He's not that person. He can't speak well enough to, to relay any of that to this. All he's worried about is enriching himself, and that's why it ultimately will fail. Uh, but it, it, it just... To watch people rally, to steal behind this guy, to see people with their stupid Trump stickers on their car. I mean, my God, in, oh, in five years to be able to just get video of people scraping that dumb shit off their cars will be wonderful. And and really, I think people who should know better and should have known better even before now, but by now should really know better, ought to be really appalled by the idea that the guy has the audacity to try to justify his behavior by saying, well, you know, if I think, if I just merely think that something is declassified, you know, if I just say it in my brain, then it becomes declassified. He literally said that to Sean Hannity. I mean, what kind of madness is that? declassified in my brain. Uh, a person, a president, can declassify things by just thinking about it. It's so stupid. It's so 
utterly Beyond. ridiculous. And I mean, you know, man, it, it is. And I, I don't dislike Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden's done some good things. But, man, it is striking to watch the Obamas stroll through the White House and deliver remarks and then to think about the last six years. I mean, the the difference in eloquence and class yeah. and competency and, I, I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. It really is. And to think how that guy was just absolutely shit on for you know, eight years by so many people, and we know. Yeah, why. because he's but black. He's I, half black. I mean, he's black. Yeah, yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. With a black so, wife. I mean, of course, yeah. it's all all of everyone's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and they could, you know, they could make uh, their their racial uh, comments about things and scare try to scare people, and uh, and that's that's what they did. But it it is just to think about. Yeah. It, uh, as I was watching the coverage, uh, you know, the people online talk about um, uh, this possible hurricane, you know, that's forming uh, now out, and there's projections it could wind up, you know, impacting Alabama in some way. They just, I mean, y'all remember when he turned the, when he tried to turn the hurricane with the sharpie? <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's just, you know what I mean? It's that that dude was president. You know, that dude was president. He was. <laughs> He drew it with a sharpie and held a press oh, conference. That was hilarious. You know, I mean, it was. Oh, Scott, what, what, you were, what were you even doing out I here, mean, man? Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, had so okay during my 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 time as an adult where I could vote. I've I've had yeah. Reagan, I've had two Bushes, right? In terms of conservatives, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, right. I voted against the conservatives. Uh, but I got to tell you, not in my wildest imagination could I have ever dreamt up a jackass like Donald Trump. God. I mean, God. the worst things Jeez. that I've ever thought about Ronald Reagan in terms of policy or, or one of the Bushes in terms of policy. And and I got to say that there were some things on which I agreed with both Bushes on, on uh, you know, a small mm-hmm. little smidgen of things. But but the worst yeah. possible stuff, Iran-Contra and and uh, the Iraq war and whatever else. This guy. Trump. Nah. My it's God. It's unreal, man. It's just, it is, it is so... astounding. It is astounding. The, oh, the God, buffoonery, the level of buffoonery and just outright, you know, flim flammery. I, you know, I, I'm really struggling to find words here, you know, without it, cursing. It, I mean, it's just know, crazy. It, what, what kills me, man, are like, is, is like the double standard of things where, where they were somehow or another, we're still holding Joe Biden to this standard of presidency that was pre-Trump. You know, we're, we're now we're, we're Joe Biden's gaffes or Joe Biden's this or that or whatever. And everybody's like, oh, my God, can you believe Joe? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this motherfucker put his handbag designing daughter at the U.N. What do yeah. you mean? Hunter Biden's laptop. What are you, what are you talking yeah. about? I mean, I mean, come on, y'all. Uh, this is I mean, just some of the yeah, he flushed documents. He was flushing documents. I mean. 
there was a report that he was eating right. paper. That's what I okay? was thinking about. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, <sighs> all right. Well, we got to uh, we got we got to slide out. Uh, we're we're going to have uh, Governor, former Governor Don Siegelman. Uh, um, and uh, and talk about his life now after, uh, you know, after his experiences. Uh, he's got a unique perspective. Uh, talk about uh, the way the, the state of Alabama is handling its uh, prison system and uh, uh, the executions uh, of, of folks. And um, and it's, uh, it's uh, you know, interesting conversation. And it's, yeah, I'll go and tell you, we've already recorded it. So it's, uh, you know, it, it was a very, very interesting uh, talk. And uh, and the former governor is uh, wordy. He likes <laughs> it. He's, uh, he's still a wordy fella. Uh, and uh, and so we but we, we had yeah. fun. And uh, it, was, it, uh, was. it was a nice conversation. So uh, let's, yeah, let's, uh, let's get to that. And uh, we'll be right back. Alabama Politics This Week, back in a minute. David Person with Alabama Politics this week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture, and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends. And also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. And we are happy now. And honestly, I, I got to tell you, it's, I'm a little bit embarrassed that this is the first time that we've had uh, Governor Don Siegelman on this. Um, and because uh, it, it's, it, it's our fault. It's our fault that we've not done it. Now it's uh, we should I should have asked long before now. Um, but um, we are happy to have you on, uh, Governor. Thank you for for spending yeah, some time with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, for for five years, there was a good reason why you couldn't reach me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I tried. I tried. <laughs> I tried talking to my friend Tom Hartman, and they put me in solitary confinement for I think it was 149 days. Oh, um, wow! But anyway, um, it was a yes. it was a good it was a good interview. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I can't imagine it was worth it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I hate that too. But that, you know, and that's that's one of the things you know we wanted to to talk to you about. Certainly, was about the, our prison systems, and uh, I think you have a, a very unique insight into into how things operate, uh, and and you know, and some insight I think it, with some prisoners that you've spoken to as well. But you know, I, first of all, I just would like to know, and I think a lot of people would like to know, kind of just what you're up to now. Uh, you know, what uh, what what you do on, on a day day to day basis, and what life is like for you now. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, life life is good. Uh, we have a five month old grandson, so that's mm. that's a good thing. I have yes, uh, two two chocolate labs. Uh, my daughter is here with us, growing a new set of wings so she can fly off again. And um, 
but yeah, everything everything's good. I'm, I uh, my my license, law license, was uh, returned on a unanimous vote of the of a bar panel a couple of years ago. So I've been doing a lot of pro bono work, um, mm. and uh, and yeah, the subjects uh, of prison, prison reform. Um, and the death penalty are all all very important to me. I, some things that that maybe some of your listeners may not know: prosecutors get ninety nine percent of the indictments they seek. Ninety nine percent, pretty pretty good, uh, pretty good average. You know, if you had if you could win ninety nine percent of the time, people would be over in, at the casinos, you know, <laughs> and, and enjoying themselves. Well. The reason prosecutors get 99% of the indictments, and this is federal, state, across the board, DAs, everybody. Um, it, well, really for, for two reasons. One, the Supreme Court in 1996, in the case, the Embler case, um, decided that prosecutors should be immune from civil liability for Presenting false evidence, false testimony, or withholding exculpatory evidence. Right. Um, the Brennan Center notes that it was in that same year that mass incarceration began to climb, to skyrocket. From it was hovering around two hundred thousand people in in jails and prisons around the country until nineteen seventy six, and then it it you know it rose to nearly two million. Uh, uh, you know, as of as of recent calculations, right? Um, to to show you how cavalierly Americans at all levels have accepted this notion that prosecutors should be free to uh, withhold exculpatory evidence or present false evidence to get an indictment or a conviction. On January the fourth, two thousand and ten, during the Obama administration, Elena Kagan, who was Solicitor General, the president's lawyer, goes to the United States Supreme Court, has her deputy argue that, quote, U.S. citizens do not have a constitutional right not to be framed. U.S. citizens do not have a constitutional right not to be framed. Uh, and, the, you know, this, she's right on the law. But yeah. you know, wrong on policy, and I, I thought for sure President Obama would have, you know, knocked that out of the park, saying, you know, not in, not while I'm president, not in this country, you know, maybe in Russia, but not here. We're not going to let a government frame its people. Right. It it's interesting to note um, that the Death Penalty Information Center. Uh, in last year, uh, 2021, said that came out with some statistics on on the death penalty, and one out of every nine people who are executed, one out of every nine, are exonerated. That means we we get it wrong, Josh and David. Yeah. We get it wrong, get it mm. wrong, ten percent of the time. Yeah, more than ten percent of the time. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah. Well, that's gotta. That's gotta. That's gotta cause some people some pause um, on, yeah. on on this. And you know, it's odd that you know we 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 were talking about uh, before we we started. You know that we're our our AG's office in Alabama has essentially argued 
um, recently, as of this week, that uh, we're, we're going to use a new form of uh, of execution in this state, uh, a nitrogen hypoxia, I believe, is, uh, is the term uh, for the gas that we're going to try to use. Um, it's, uh, a, you know, allegedly, you know, less cruel and unusual than the uh, what we're currently using, which what we're current, what we used last month, I don't know that you could have been more cruel and unusual than basically carving a man up on the, on the table uh, as they did uh, it, uh, with uh, Joe Nathan James. And uh, it's, you know, it, it troubles me a lot. And I've said before that I am not necessarily anti-death penalty. I am anti-death penalty uh, for the way that we do it in, in this country and particularly the way we do it in this state uh, and the way that we are not absolutely sure uh, of the guilt of a lot of the people that go uh, end up to be executed in the way that our, we're so we seem to be so clunky with our our execution methods uh, and so so absolutely poor and secretive about it. Uh, this these things should not be secretive. Uh, we, we should not whatever it should be out in the open and we should know everything that's going on if we're going to do this. But at the same time, I, I don't know where we've reached in our society where we can go and argue before a judge and essentially admit, well, we don't know if it's going to work, but hey, you know, the, the people that this guy killed, they didn't get to choose their method of execution either. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, shouldn't we have a higher standard than holding ourselves to the same standard as the guy that we're putting to death? There, there are several things that are troubling about Alabama's death penalty laws. Um, mm -hmm. And specifically, the matter that you're addressing, the uh, death by nitrogen hypoxia, which is, I think, basically, you know, you you suffocate the person. Uh, they yes. they they don't they don't take in any oxygen, so they die. Mm. Um, the um, a couple of I, I want to follow up on what I was saying a minute ago about the one out of every nine are are uh, exonerated. Mm -hmm. one, one every nine people who have been executed are exonerated. And the death penalty project said that of those exonerations, about 80% are based on prosecutorial or police misconduct. You know, withholding exculpatory evidence, presenting false evidence, same thing we were talking about before. Right. The other shocking statistic is that of those people exonerated, 80% are black. And mm. what does that tell you? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can one could connect some dots and say, well, they're using misconduct to convict people falsely, debt black people falsely of of murder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, anyway, that's that's troubling. The other troubling aspect of Alabama's death penalty law, whether you agree with the, you know, as you were saying, Josh, you know, there may be some, you know, we can, we can disagree about whether there should be a death penalty or should not be, which is, which is worse, spending your life in a cage or being put to death and put out of your misery. Um, but we have 165 people on Alabama's death row now. 146 of those would not be on death row in any other state other than Alabama. For two reasons, 146 would not be on death row in Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, Louisiana, any other state, because Alabama is the only state 
that allows someone to be put to death on a non-unanimous jury by a non-unanimous jury. Every other state requires a unanimous jury to sentence someone to death, not Alabama. It's a holdover from the 1890s from the Jim Crow laws when black folks were first allowed to go on juries. White folks said, oh, we can't we can't have unanimous juries anymore, folks, because we might have an objection from a black man or a black woman that they don't want to put this guy to death. So um, let's just uh, have non-unanimous jury verdicts for the death sentence. Mm. The second number, we have 115 of those folks on death row who were sentenced by non-unanimous juries. 31 others are there based on judicial override. And as you know, uh, and, and I, I thank Kay Ivey and the legislature, uh, um, Dick Brubaker and others who passed the ban on judicial overrides in 2017, um, but it was not made retroactive. So we have 31 people facing death in Alabama for something that wouldn't be illegal in Alabama now. We, so we've, you know, and I, I think, I hope and believe, and 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 I, and I do hope and believe and believe this that that these these two anomalies in our death penalty statute will be will be dealt with and will be rectified. We're talking today about death by nitrogen hypoxia uh, versus um, lethal injection, and we, you know, we just haven't. You know, everybody. A lot of states are having trouble with lethal injection. Uh, Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee in May pushed the pause button uh, on executions. Bill Lee is a is a is a good person, a conservative, but he recognized that they were having problems with their lethal injection protocol, and mm-hmm. he wanted Tennessee, if we're going to do it, and he believes that we should do it or they should do it. Uh, uh, for certain heinous crimes that people should be, you know, their lives should be taken. That's Bill Lee's position. And, but he wants it, he doesn't want it done in a way that is inhumane or causes problems, you know, for the state and, and for the Tennessee Department of Corrections or for himself. So he, he ordered a pause. And there is a, <clears throat> There's a there's a chance we might back into one today. Uh, the attorney general has until 5 p.m. to tell the court how nitrogen hypoxia can be used safely, both for you know, the witnesses, the correctional staff, uh, and how it can be done appropriately. So it does not <clears throat> does not result in cruel and unusual punishment. Um, it's my understanding. I haven't mm-hmm. seen this in print. I haven't found it on the wire, but it's probably there somewhere that the that the matter is in court in the I think in the middle district in Montgomery, mm-hmm. um, and that the judge gave the state until 5 p.m. today to prove that it can carry out executions by um, nitrogen hypoxia uh, in a safe way. So yes. we'll see what uh, we'll see what 
you know, what the result of that is. Hey, hey, Governor, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to follow up on something that you said that I think is real important uh, and that has concerned me for years. You talked about uh, the fact that prosecutors are immune uh, from being uh, sued or held accountable for really brazen misconduct, the withholding of exculpatory evidence and presenting false evidence. You know, when I hear that and when I reflect on that, and I've known of cases where that is where that has actually happened, um, it really makes me question whether or not we will be able to sell to the next generation that we actually have a healthy, functioning democracy. Because that just doesn't sound very democratic to me. How do you feel about that? Do you does it does it cause your faith in democracy to wane? David, David, I, I can tell you you haven't read my book, <laughs> which is stealing stealing our democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, the the point one of the points I make, and I, I'm going to keep this short. I know we've only got a few minutes left, but. Um, I was I was indicted and convicted of something that never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, 113 state attorneys general, former state attorneys general, uh, petitioned the Supreme Court and President Obama, uh, saying that even if you believe the evidence, what I did was not a crime. But the 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 point I was going to make is that I was I was indicted because prosecutors presented false evidence and suborned testimony, suborned a witness to, to lie, um, and then brought to trial where they pressured. And this is according to a Department of Justice employee who witnessed the interrogation of the government's witness against me. She testified that she watched and listened while prosecutors and agents coached and cajoled Nick Bailey to remember, to recall things he clearly did not remember. Um, So, you know, in in prison, I'm going to answer your question. In prison, I thought, you know, if in if in every if there's a purpose in everything, if you believe in God and believe that there's a purpose in everything in life, or if, or even if you don't believe in God and believe that in every situation you one ought to find a purpose, I it was like you know, a light was shining on me saying, okay, okay, Governor, you see what the problem is now, go fix it. David, you have identified the the key issue in changing our justice system to bring about fairness and and balance the scales of justice and ensure that we protect our democracy. To use your words, but that this the key to to reducing incarceration, reversing mass incarceration, the key to a fair trial is for for Congress, because the Supreme Court's probably not going to do it, but Congress has got to repeal the the absolute immunity that prosecutors have. I mentioned this 2010 case where uh, Elena Kagan was arguing that U.S. citizens do not have a constitutional right not to be framed. It was in the case of two two black men 
obvious, you know, guess what the color was. You know, two black men who were convicted of a crime that they clearly did not commit. Mm-hmm. The prosecutors, there was a murder, and it they they the police tracked the guilty party, and it turned out to be a white guy that was a friend of of the police department. So they got this young African, young black felon, and he got uh, breaking into a car to fill at a car lot or something, and said, "If you tell us that these two guys, Henderson and McGee, were the ones that committed the crime, we'll cut you a deal that you 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 can't refuse." And he right. did. And then, anyway, all of this came out over a period of 25 years that they spent in prison, um, and they were suing, you know, everybody for civil damages, but. My point is, <clears throat> yes, we've, 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 got to, we've got to change that. There's one other aspect of this I want to mention, and then I'll, I'll stop talking. For, for, before George Floyd, before this, this, the injustice slapped us in the face so hard that we couldn't ignore it, and, and the world came to George Floyd and the, this a, a, and demanding a sense of justice in this case. Before that, while prosecutors got ninety nine percent of the indictments they wanted, mm-hmm. when it came to a white police officer like strangling Eric Gardner in, in New York, or or even the recent Breonna Taylor case, or any number of others. The percentage dropped precipitously when trying to hold police accountable for uh, the excessive use of force. Mm-hmm. One way to deal with that is to allow the victim's family to have a lawyer present in the grand jury. Now, just hear me out. I know okay. that I've already I've I've run this up the flagpole of the national trial lawyers, and uh, and, and it it. It can work, um, and we probably don't have time to, to, to deal with it all here today, but grand juries are a secret proceeding. There's nobody in there but the prosecutor. There's no judge in there. There's no lawyer for the, for the, for the, for the target or for the victim. So the prosecutors, of course, because they're free to present false evidence, false testimony, withhold body cam video or whatever they want to do in order to shake the outcome of the grand jury to their liking. Right. But if you had, if you had Benjamin Crump, when George Zimmerman was being, you know, was when Trayvon Martin and, uh, and George Zimmerman was being held, was, they were trying to hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. If you had, if you had the victim's lawyer in there who could ensure that all of the evidence is presented, well, first of all, let me tell you something else you probably don't know. All right. You know, you know, in trials, <clears throat> criminal trials, civil trials, there's something called a voir dire process where people ask questions. You know, are you, are you, is any member of your family a, a police officer? Do you have, a, you know, uh, do you have a close relationship with the with the defendant or the or the or the state? Nobody voir dires grand jurors. So we don't know who they are. They could all be the, the, the grand jurors in the Breonna Taylor case could all been members of the Klan following up. Wow. Wow. That's so we need, we need, we need, we need, 
a sense of fairness. Not, and I would argue that not only do we need to repeal the uh, the immunity which is granted by the Federal Tort Claims Act mm-hmm. uh, of, of prosecutors, but we also need to extend the right <clears throat> the right to counsel to grand juries. You know, you have a right to counsel in a trial, but let me ask you <clears throat> let me ask you both the same question. What would how would you feel if you woke up one morning to a, a call from a friend saying, Hey, did you see the paper this morning? You've just been indicted on a series of federal felonies. Mm-hmm. What would what would an indictment do to people's perception of you? What would it do to your 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 family? Uh, mm-hmm. your, the, the way you look at your friends and the way your friends look at you. The, yeah. yeah. People assume that if you're indicted, there must have been a good reason for it. So mm-hmm. my point is, um, clearly a grand jury is a critical stage of a criminal proceeding, and it does little good to give you a lawyer after you've been indicted. You need a lawyer to ensure that there's a fair process so we've got a couple of issues, and I'd like I've been I've been quietly encouraging members of Congress or friends of mine to to deal with this issue. Hmm. Well, that's great. Uh, I have to just want to ask you uh, one other question, and I want to I want to change course here a little bit, uh, and and I want to thank you for such a detailed uh, response to my que- my first question because I think it was rich with information that people really need to reflect on. Um, A lot of Democrats right now seem to be in our state, in the state of Alabama, seem to really be in despair. They seem to really uh, not be optimistic. They don't care particularly in many cases for the slate of candidates, statewide candidates, or even local candidates. Uh, they they know that the, the the Alabama Democratic Party is facing some severe financial challenges. Uh, many people are not happy with the current leadership. You know the new leadership of the Democratic Party, whether that's fair or not, they're they're not happy. And so um, there there seems to be um, a real morale problem with Alabama Democrats. Can you say anything? Or, or reveal anything or share anything that could give Alabama Democrats a reason to have hope for this coming election or future election? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough, Governor. That was rough, man. <laughs> um, yes, I think we, you know, the, the, uh, I, I, I've been around a long time. I came back to Alabama after I finished my law school and postgraduate work and started working for Robert S. Vance Sr., uh, who was facing George Wallace in a battle over who was going to lead the Democratic Party, whether the, the, the Vance nationalists, those people committed to the National Party, or George Wallace committed to the Dixiecrats. We're going to take over the party, and so we we had a a a, a, a battle of of ideals and uh, and you know and then it was it was you know we were deciding the direction of the party. The advance we were able to put the votes together. Advance won. Um, 
the the problem and and because of Bob Vance um, and his leadership uh, nationally and and in the state, uh, we people did have hope. Uh, people Democrats, you know, we we did elect um, you know people like in in those days Howell Heflin, um, and and so yes, there they, we we can have hope, but it is going to take leadership um, to demonstrate why we should have hope. And, and unfortunately, the state party now for the past two years, and, and of course, with the recent election, uh, has, has not given Democrats the uh, the, the sense that they can they can make a difference no matter how hard they work. So we've got a the party itself has to has to decide, you know, where it's going and and what the direction is going to be. And we need we need a, a, a we need leadership that can inspire people and give them a sense of hope. Things things can change. Things will get better. Um, but it's going to take people. You know, it's a, you're not going to win every election. You're not going to. It's not going to be a big change overnight. But uh, if if people work long enough and hard enough, find candidates in whom they believe and trust, work for them, help them get elected, stay after them to make sure they do the things they said they were going to do during the election, then you know things will change for the better. Governor, it has uh, honestly been a pleasure. Yes. Um, I, I know we, we've we've kept you longer than we promised, and um, and but I mean it. Um, I would love to do it again uh, if uh, if we can if we can work it out with you where you have the time, and uh, I, I would love to get you back on and 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 talk some more stuff because I think I feel like there is a, a whole lot of ground out there that we haven't covered with you, and um, and and I would love to do it again sometime. Sure. Well, listen, thank you so much for, for coming on with us and, uh, and, and all you do. And, uh, I know everybody is, is, is happy to have you back around. Uh, and, uh, I know the folks that you work for doing, doing the pro bono, bono work, especially are happy to have you on their side. And, uh, and it's, it's always good to hear from you and good to hear your voice on, on these issues. Yes. Uh, so, so keep it up and we look forward to yes. talking to you again in the future. All right, governor. Thank you. All right, Josh, David, thank you. All right. Thank you. That is uh, Governor Don Siegelman who joined us. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a treat yeah. for us. I hope it was for everybody else. Like I said, we should start charging for this podcast. Uh, so it's uh, because you're not getting that anywhere else. So, all right, uh, we're gonna slide out. We'll be back in just a minute to wrap this thing up. Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. Everybody, if you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks.
Alrighty. Welcome back. I hope this time. Uh, had a little issue last time. Don't worry. I take it all in stride. Never overreact. Um, but so, so like I told you, good, uh, good interview with, uh, with Governor Siegelman. Uh, he, he did have, yeah. he did, he did ask, he did ask that we, we amend his, uh, his, his comment uh, from when David asked if there was any hope for the, <laughs> for the Alabama Democratic Party. And he flatly said, no, uh, real, real quick. Uh, uh, he said he, he wanted to amend his, uh, his answer. Uh, he failed to mention Will Boyd, uh, who he has a real fondness for and, and, and admiration and respect. Um, and that if he were to get into a debate with Katie Britt, uh, he, he thinks he might be able to gain some traction. Uh, and, and so he wanted, he wanted to mention Will Boyd, he said, because he, he really likes him a lot and really liked the campaign and, uh, likes kind of what he stands for. And so I think that's very fair. Although I don't know that it necessarily, necessarily betters, uh, you know, what he said about the Democratic Party overall. I think that, uh, and right. I, I, honestly, I think what he said was true. Uh, you know, there's, we got, yeah. uh, we, we got issues as the, as the song, yeah. as the song states. We got issues. You got them too. Um, so, you know, I think that's, uh, that's where we are. Um, but no, yeah, he, yeah, I guess both things can be true. You can admire, sure. and of course I'm biased. We all know that I, I'm, I'm a Boyd guy. I work, consult with Will, but, what? You know, but, uh, <laughs> you're being but, paid, uh, <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> but, uh, but you know, uh, I think yeah, the, you're right. The, the 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 two are not mutually exclusive. You you can have, you know, and and Will is not the only, uh, I think, uh, promising Democrat that's running no. currently statewide no. and in some of these local races. We've got some really mm-hmm. strong people that I hope will win. Some have a really good shot at winning, especially at the uh, the legislative level. Yes, but uh, but but it's also true that the Democratic Party is not in great shape. It's just mm. the truth. Yeah. And, We've talked uh, about that a few, t- <laughs> a few times on our program. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, we, and we're doing it as, you know, uh, you know and, I, and I'll speak specifically for myself. I'm doing this from a position of, of love, not of malice. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I love what the Democratic Party stands for. I thank God that it's not the party uh, that Strom Thurmond used to be a part of. Right. You know? Yes. Um, I, I thank God that it evolved and that LBJ did what he did and JFK before him and and um, and then subsequent leaders who have moved, I think, the party in in a right in, in the direction where we are right much, much more than we are wrong in terms of issues and policies. But but here in the state of Alabama, we got issues. We, really we do. do. The Democratic we, we do. We do. We do. And um, you know, it's um, it's a it's a shame. You know, it's a, it's a shame that we're like that. And it's uh, honestly, I think it, it, that affects negatively all people, including Republicans, uh, the Republican voting base here in this state. I think that it's it's not good. And, and, and I would say the same for Democrats. I, I'm I'm assuming yeah. that there are probably some states out there in which uh, Democrats are in control, like Republicans are here. 
I don't know that. I've never been to those states. And so, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've never experienced life in, in such a state where it would be, you know, overly problematic for people to care more about the working class. But listen, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure, it, you know, there are poor people out there going, oh, we're so mistreated. Uh, but um, or rich people out there saying, oh, we're, we're so we're so mistreated out here. We can't we, we can't survive. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's but here in our state, we, we don't have that. And we have in a, you know, whenever you get to be a one party state, uh, it gets to be the extremes on things. And uh, and that's what we're dealing with now is we have the extreme uh, right that is making a lot of noise and really ought to worry the hell out of everybody because it's it's not good for you. Uh, it's not. And we see that from the abortion law that we have now, where I, the overwhelming majority of this state oppo- opposes that abortion law that we have in place. But it's there because the extreme right controls this place. Yep. And uh, that's how they get, you know, they've gerrymandered things to the point now where it's essentially a Republican primary that gives that hands over a supermajority of the uh, of our state house. And so uh, when you're doing that and you're, you've gerrymandered people down to where that you can control uh, everything that happens in the state uh, just by the Republican primary, well, then you're going to get, you know, you're going to have people trying to out Republican each other. Well, and, one, one, piece, you know, one piece of good news um, on the voting front before we uh, get away from this topic and go to our next topic, um, according to some research that I've gotten and you may have seen the same thing. I don't know. Um, uh, There, I I believe the number was about 150,000 women who were not registered voters in the state of Alabama are Mm -hmm. now registered voters. No, no, that can't be true because John Merrill told us there was no way to track that. Yeah. I can't be true. Well, well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and listen, have you known John Merrill to lie about anything? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like we're his wife, right? All right, all right, all right. So my my feeling is John Merrill and his dubious um, positions aside, my feeling is that these 150,000 women are going to make a real significant difference in what happens in November. I'm not saying that, you know, there's a democratic landslide that's about to happen. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that I think it could be that in some races, we're going to be surprised at outcomes. And and it, it could be that the surprise may not be a, vic- a democratic victory, but just a lot closer race than people imagined it would be. Mm-hmm. And and I think even that will be a small victory because it, it will help to signal to uh, democratic voters who are disengaged that if they get engaged, they can make a difference and uh, and maybe put some more pressure on uh, on the people in our government to even uh, to to maybe be a little bit more inclined to be moderate uh, in their policies and, and wake them up to the reality that everybody is yeah. not you know in this one box. 
Thoroughly agree. Uh, I thoroughly agree with that. I wish, like I've said before, I wish there were a big name person at the top of the ticket, uh, you know, that would inspire a lot more people to get out and vote. I think I think it's a good setup right now uh, for uh, for Democrats in this state to do a lot better than they have in the past. And I think that we could uh, we could see some some big improvements in some numbers. And I think that you you I've seen uh, just in, the, you know, we, we do uh, we follow these election things. A lot, and you know, I've I've noticed that there. I got my friend got a a push poll call the other day from uh, Tom Butler's uh, folks, mm-hmm. and so they're obviously very worried about that race because I could tell by by the call itself that they had paid for some opposition research mm-hmm. uh, into Kim Lewis. Uh, they had because they were spouting some things off about her business past mm-hmm. and you know, taxes and things like that and just nonsense. And uh, they pay. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was going to add to that. And I don't know if they did this on your call, but I was told by somebody who got the same call of, you know, mm-hmm. for Butler that they tried to uh, they tried to make a racial make a point of her race without really saying it without when I, yeah. I shouldn't say without really saying it, but without, without really saying anything negative about her race, they tried to make sure that you understood that she was yeah. a black woman. Yeah. Could you, could you vote for a black woman who X, you know, could you vote for her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was, there were a lot of things in there, you know, they also made an issue uh, of, uh, that she had, she wanted no limits placed on abortions. Uh, you know, and uh, so, you know, and 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 they tried to make the case that Tom Butler's position on abortion is not one uh, that excludes uh, exceptions for rape and incest in the health of the mother uh, and that his he was not in support of Alabama's current law against abandoning all abortions. You know, that was that was the other thing. So. That tells me that at least in the Huntsville area, they're getting killed mm-hmm. on the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, because that was first, that was number one, uh, oh, oh, the thing, the topic that they brought up. You know, and, and on those polls, you put your most important things at the front because people tend to hang the hell up on you after right. a little while. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't because I just wanted to hear what all they, they, were, they would say. Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, a, a 40-year-old white dude uh, in there really has, has skewed their numbers <laughs> on, on things uh, uh, on the vote for, for Kim Lewis. But, uh, you know, it – it's a um, it's 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 interesting. It'll be interesting, I think. And and I, I wish I wish that we had a more organized party at uh, at the basic levels to to handle some of these things because there are things that these candidates need that they're not getting. Uh, you know, and you can't rely on just certain people. Uh, who are doing it on their own time, you know, to provide a lot of this stuff. And mm-hmm. that that's the real shame of this is if people had gone out and, and there had been a real uh, grassroots effort to help some of these candidates uh, in, in the Montgomery area, in the Jefferson County area, in the Madison County area, in Lee County, in Tuscaloosa, in Mobile, uh, you could have had, I think, a, a pretty big impact in some of these races uh that that were where people are vulnerable um and 
you know, there, there are not many of them. There are not many of them anymore. They've, they've done a fine job of, of carving up districts to make sure that uh, they're gerrymandered to the point where you, you're going to have very little competition from the opposing party. And, you know, so it, it but if you could cut into just if you just didn't have a super majority of Republicans, if you just didn't have it to where one party could pass anything they wanted any time then I think you would be so much better off in the state just to force a negotiation on things. And, you know, maybe, maybe we can get to that point uh, at some time uh, in the, in the near future. So, uh, but you want, you wrote a column uh, and I'm not sure if it's been published yet or not uh, when we, when we're recording this, uh, uh, cause I have not seen it. And, and some moron decided we should do this at eight thirty in the morning. And so it's <laughs> lucky to just be awake for this. So, um, but, uh, um, and by the way, I am the moron. I'm not <laughs> on tape the moron. Uh, like we we surely y'all know me better than that, but, uh, there was a threat at the, for the Lee, what at the Lee County fair? What? Yeah, it's um, it's a really uh, uh, disturbing story. But uh, apparently in Lee County, uh, some some bigot uh, goes on on social media and decides to uh, to basically threaten um, uh, all black people that will be attending the Lee County Fair Um, and his uh, his. his uh I don't have the exact verbiage in front of me. I was trying to see if I could uh um pull up the column uh but I don't see it on the website yet. So uh but anyway, um basically this guy and I say guy because um um the law enforcement has at least from a cursory uh, uh look at I guess his social media profile was able to determine that it was a he uh, and, and it may even be in his statement, but anyway, he said something like, uh, me and my friends are going to, uh, basically try to shoot and kill every Negro. And he used the word Negro that we lay our eyes on at the Lee County fair in October. And I think the fair is, uh, the dates that were mentioned, I think of the fourth through the eighth, I think is when the fair is. Uh, so the Opelika police have been investigating this and uh, they're trying to figure out who this guy is. And they've already promised that they're going to beef up security at the fair. So in my column, basically what I what I, I took this position, I took the position that, um, you know, this is this is not 1950s Alabama or 1960s Alabama, um, you know, um, Anybody that thinks they can just roll up to a county fair and and start shooting and killing black people, you know, like, um, you know, kind of almost with the same kind of impunity that people used to go out and lynch black people and gather by the thousands and watch it. Not going to happen. Not going to happen for several reasons. One reason it's not going to happen is because. Quite frankly, uh, black people ain't having it. Yeah, we ain't having it. You know, we're not going to be uh, we're not going to just lay down and let some some violence like that happen. Secondly, uh, there are a lot of white people that ain't having it. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, even even people that may not agree with the politics of black people um, uh, understand that uh, there is something or the social mores of black people understand, you know, are, are good, decent people and understand that there is something inherently wrong with that kind of action. Uh, another mm-hmm. thing is that, um, you know, you'd be a fool to roll up any place in Alabama thinking you're just going to you're going to have a field day shooting people when Alabama is one of the easiest states in the in the nation to get a gun and carry a gun. Yeah. So you, yeah. you roll up on somebody thinking you're going to shoot them and you may find out that not only are they armed, but there are a whole lot yeah. of other people. <laughs> you might yeah, have 10 or 20 like guns a, pointing like a, at uh, you. You know, is that old uh, James Garner and Mel Gibson, the Ma- yeah. Maverick uh, movie? Right now everybody's got a gun. Your security right. sucks. You know, I mean, <laughs> right, yeah. right. Everybody's right. got a gun. You know, so uh, it, it's 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 kind of an idiotic thing. And then the other thing that that I talk about in the column is that, um, you know, white bigots may not be aware of this because they're so steeped in their bigotry. But uh, the relationship between white people in this country and, and even in this state generally and black people has really evolved. How many interracial couples yeah. do you see? How many mixed children lot, do you see? Yeah. How many white people yeah. and black people are living in the same neighborhoods now as opposed to 20, 30 years ago uh, without incident? You know, or going to the same churches. The church that I go to, we have white, it's a predominantly black church, but we have white members. We have white people yeah. that show up every Saturday yeah. for church. Uh, there are a lot of churches where it's the opposite. They're white churches predominantly, but they have black members. And again, this is all without mm-hmm. incident. Uh, you know, this is yeah. not the America yeah. of the 1950s, the America that they wish no, it it's- were. Which yeah, it's not, you know, uh, we, uh, we, we were eating, uh, somewhere not too long ago and I was during, during the meal or right after the meal or whatever, I, I picked up my, uh, my phone and I was uh, scrolling through some stuff and, um, uh, and I, I came across something about interracial couples, uh, and it was just something like on Twitter or Facebook or something like that. And, 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 but it, I'm me thinking, you know, you don't even, you don't even really think about that anymore. And, and I just then looked around the restaurant, you know, and there were you know five or six interracial couples at the restaurant. And I thought, I didn't even, I didn't even notice it, you know, when I, when I, I didn't even cross my mind, you know, and, and, I, and, and I just thought, well, you know, it's a, it's a sign of, you know, things are better, you know, things are, they, I mean, cause I, there's no way that wouldn't have been noticed, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Uh, so, you know, and, and it, it's not like, I'm sitting there telling you, oh, I don't see color or anything like that and some nonsense like that, but it just doesn't, it didn't even strike me at, at all. And, and I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. And I, you know, I passed by like three tables uh, of where there were interracial couples sitting and it didn't, it didn't even register to me that that was a thing. And I, I, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's, you're, it's, this is not the world of, of uh, you know, the, the, the movies that we watch yeah. sometimes. So this, I think these, yeah. these people or this guy and his friends, uh, if, they really, if they really are serious and they weren't just trying to terrorize people, um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening. I don't care if it's Lee County. I would even say, and, you know, I, and I'm, you know, somebody's going to say I'm picking on, uh, you know, this county. But, I mean, hey, it's got the reputation that it's got. I'd even say in Coleman County. You couldn't just roll up in Coleman County and do something like that. Um, you know, in no. Coleman County, for those people who don't know, has, has a notorious reputation as it relates to race relations. And, and in fact, Coleman, the city of yep. Coleman, was uh, what used to be what was called a sunset town uh, where, you know, mm-hmm. black people had to get out by sundown, you know. Um, and that's, again, this is, this is not anything I'm making up. You know, you can Google it and check it out yourself. So... Uh, but even even in even in that county, um, there is a community. It's called Colony, that is a predominantly black community that mm-hmm. has existed there peacefully for years. Now I don't know all the social dynamics, and I've never been to Colony, so I can't speak to any of that. <laughs> but I do know people yeah. who are from there. In fact, one of them has run for lieutenant governor. Um, and uh, and and uh, James Fields, you remember James Fields? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do remember James Fields. Yeah, yes. James yeah. Fields is from yeah. he's from uh, from Colony, and um, and he has, in fact, he actually was elected to the legislature by uh, the people of Coleman County. He's a black guy, yeah. You know? So yeah, you couldn't yeah, even roll was. up in, in there but, and 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 do what these uh what these jerks are talking about these racist jerks are talking about doing in Lee County. I I don't think. No, and you couldn't. Uh, but listen, let's also though let's also though uh you know uh, acknowledge that uh, because we're we're about to talk about our right wing nut uh, of the week, Dale Strong, um, uh, who very blatantly was using race yep. uh, when he talked about as reason why we named yep. him right wing nut was uh, talked about sending migrants to Delaware to, to the president's home state uh, you know, and, and, and using brown people uh, to in an attempt to scare uh, others. Uh, because, and here, here, this is the thing that, that gets me about this, about this whole thing, about this whole migrant deal. Okay. Because listen, I, I, we, we, we see what's happening and, and you see it on Fox News. They've already ramped it up. You know, it must be a couple of months before an election because here come the migrant caravans, uh, and the migrants and they're all a huge problem because they're carrying, you know, all of them have pockets mm-hmm. full of fentanyl and they're coming for you. Um, and it's, it, it's so, but we, we see what's happening with this. All right. It's it's they, they figured out that because these people look different than white people, you know, what I'm saying? we don't talk about the Canadians streaming across the border looking for jobs here because yeah. there are a lot of them, a lot of them. OK, and they're the one uh, they're a real big problem when it comes to illegals in this country. Should look that up sometime and see what the races are of the people who are here illegally who have overstayed their right to be here. Um, and so we don't talk about that, but there's a reason why we don't talk about this because these folks down here, they look different. They look a little different. And it's easy to take those people who look a little different and use them to scare yep. Yep. slightly racist white people. Okay. And that's what's happening. All right. That's all. See, Dale Strong. 
can't imagine that I would think, I would think, if you unloaded a busload of migrants in my town, you know, whether that be Madison or Athens or wherever, that I would think, oh, man, I should go down and and, uh, do something to help these people, Uh, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, it would not scare me in the least. It would not bother me in any way, shape or form uh, other than the fact that you've yeah. just used human beings yeah. as pawns in some stupid ass political game and without giving a single care in the world to what these people have been through, to what they've been facing, to the reason why they packed their asses up with their kids and walked, walked literally across a country to get here. Okay, that's what they did. They walked. They wanted to come here so bad and they were so afraid for their lives that they walked with their children to this place. All right. They walked here to get here. And then they they followed the laws of our country and said, we are here to seek asylum for ourselves. That's what they did. The person breaking the law are you. All right. Not them. They're not here illegally. They're here legally. They, they, they did the right thing and decided to come here to save their lives and the lives of their children. And they applied through our system that we told them, this is how you get here. OK, this is the way to get to this country and to save yourself and your family. And they did that. And then you put you tricked them and you put them on buses and planes yep. and you sent them somewhere yep. else because you're an asshole. Yep. All right. That's the only and reason you did it, because you're an you're asshole. talking about, obviously, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, so, who's now being sued. And I yes. hope they grill him like a porterhouse steak. I mean, I just hope they I hope they yep. they they do whatever is possible civilly and criminally and criminally. Be- yes. I hope it costs them millions of dollars and yeah. they can't pave a road for years in that entire damn state. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they have to pay for that stupidity. And every time they drive somewhere, they have to think about this. Yeah. Is, we wasted our money yeah. on this racist dipshit yeah. instead and, of and, uh, caring and, for you know, the, you know, the fact that they not only put people on buses or planes, but apparently there's evidence that they literally lied to these people. They lied to them, telling them that if you go, if you do this, there'll be jobs and support and this and that. So they feigned compassion. They faked compassion. And Mm -hmm. and you know what? I'm going to get on my hobby horse, as the old folks used to say, Josh. I'm going to ride the hell out of it. Knock it out. Ride it. Because a lot of these people probably turned around and the very next Sunday or weekend that they could go to church, they probably did, and probably raised their hands in worship mm-hmm. and closed their eyes and bowed their heads for prayer and said amen to the preacher's sermon, and yet they had the, the unmitigated gall to do something as despicable, as you said, as use these human beings as pawns and under false pretenses for political expediency and purpose, they have used these people and 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 treated them like they were less than human. My God, there is nothing Christian about that. Yep. Then if you're going to church on the weekend and yep. you're doing that kind of crap, then God help you. Because the Jesus that you're worshiping or the God that you're worshiping 
as far as I'm concerned, ain't the God that I'm worshiping or the Jesus that I'm worshiping is there because he don't hey, condone that kind of mess. You know, I'm pretty sure it's in that book. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure it's in that book about and, how you're supposed to fact, treat the immigrant. It's, that's right. Uh, I was I've, seen, I've seen the quotes. <laughs> the stranger among you. It talks yeah. about that. Jesus talks about it. Yeah. Moses also talked about it. You know, how we're supposed to treat the strangers among us, the, you know, the immigrants, what we would call today the immigrants among us, you know, and it's not the way that DeSantis treated these folks. It's not the way they're being treated in so many situations here in this country. It is appalling. It's appalling that people that claim to be Christians will also mm-hmm. yeah, be engaged it's- in this kind of stuff. And that's why Dale Strong deserves our criticism and is our right wing nut of the week. You're right. It's uh, it's honestly it's disgusting. It really is disgusting. And you know, and I, I don't I don't use disgusting all that much yeah. because I, I'm I'm used to the politics and things. But you know, when you would take these people, I mean, just Mike, I just think about what it would take for you. What it would what would it take for you to to pack up your children and and whatever you feel is uh, your most valuable possessions, put them on your back and start walking. A thousand miles uh, to 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 say because you believe that's what's going to say. What would it take? What would it take for you to do that? And then for them for you to get to this place and to have people who have never wanted for a single meal in their entire lives to trick you and to to use you as pawns to ship you around to places and, and to act. Like like you're some sort of an undue burden upon them. I mean the the mindset the the cruel mindset that that requires is so unimaginable to me that you could look these people in the face and 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 still do that to them is it's it's despicable and the fact that we've got people that support that shit. Is uh, uh, you know what? If you do, I don't want to hear from you. I don't. I don't want to hear a word from you about it. Okay, I don't because it's not going to go well for you on this. Okay, it's just not. And yeah, and, uh, and, and, and if I can just quickly add this because I know we're sure. almost out of time. You know, you can oppose Biden's immigration policy, border policy. You can support Trump's border policy or the, the conservative border policy without supporting this. I mean, you you can still be if you want to, you know, have a conservative view on on immigration and 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 whatnot. You know, that's fine. But you know, but to but to support this, my God, really? That's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's uh, it's just uh, it's just. I mean, every time I think about it, it makes me so so mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So, all right, listen. So, listen, that's where we're going to leave. We're going to leave angry. All right. Yeah. We're leaving angry. Look, we're y'all, we can leave angry if we want to. It's our show. You need to pay for it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. And we're pissed. Hey. We're really pissed. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't we sound like it? All right. We're going to slide out of here. All right. Angry as hell. We're going to leave. Mad. Till next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace. Peace.